Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast with your host, Travis Byers, co-host Shane Presley, your production team, Chris Booby Tiller and Haley Byers. So sit back and relax for some of the greatest basketball stories in Southwest Virginia. It's the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast coming at you now. For today's podcast, I just want to thank all the great local businesses that uh, sponsored this season, season one of the podcast. Um, so next time that, you know, you're able to help out any of these local businesses, shop with them, uh, make sure you do, especially if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. I'm going to give a shout out to all those businesses right now. You had Ramey Automotive in Richlands, Duffield Driver Improvement. West End Pharmacy in Clintwood, Modern Chevrolet in Honeaker, uh, Terry Arrington's Garage in Honeaker, Johnson's Chevrolet in Clintwood, Teddy's Restaurant in Nicholsville, the Abingdon General Store, uh, David Mullins Wealth Management, Pause for Christ, uh, Jesse McMurray's Law Office in Gate City, uh, Felty Insurance in Bristol, uh, also Sesco Group Insurance in Bristol, and Brad Knuckles uh, agency. So again, really want to thank all those great local businesses. Uh, make sure you're able to check them out um, next time. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops podcast. This is Travis Fires along with my co-host. Shane Preston. Yep. Seems like it's been a while since we've it does. Uh, recorded. It's been a long time. This winter's uh, caught some sicknesses yeah. for my family. We, had, we were supposed to record this episode last weekend and had the stomach virus and uh, had to push it back. So, uh, but this is episode 15 of the podcast. Um, have legendary coach Rick Goodman on today. It's going to be an amazing episode. Um, first, first thing I want to talk about though is the games this past weekend. Shane, did you watch any of them? Uh, I saw a little bit of the Twin Springs game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of state quarterfinal games, a lot of teams in our area. You had from the girls' side, Wise and Gate City moved on. You know, classic uh, Mountain Seven girls in yeah, the state semifinals, and uh, Honeaker, of course, moving on. Um, you know, I watched uh, a lot of the Union game. The atmosphere for the Union game was awesome. Um, uh, Coach Moore and Union lost a very, very tough one. Uh, the one that I probably spent the most time on though was the Twin Springs game. As you said, you watched a lot of it, yeah, and um, it was just really special weren't it mm. like just the the atmosphere and just the old school feeling of the crowd and everything and uh that shot at the end by yeah. Connor Lane yeah. was yeah, I was gonna say about the shot from half forwards yeah that was that was unreal and yeah before that one of the better plays probably I've ever seen in this area did you see his left-handed put mm. back down yeah he caught it off the rim it, it was a great play but um, you know, congratulations to all the teams that, that moved on and they'll be playing in the state semifinals, I think, like Tuesday, a lot of, a lot of them are, and, uh, or maybe Monday, actually, some of them. But good luck to all those teams moving forward. Um, I, before we bring Coach Goodman in, uh, I want to tell a pretty interesting story. So Shane Barton, my cousin, uh, he called me one day, Shane, at work, and him and Matt Presley – was sitting around talking about something. Um, Shane's dad, Rick Barton, uh, he had a picture of Rick in his council uniform down in his basement. And in this uniform, 
Rick had on a white, you know, council home uniform, but it's outlined in royal blue. Okay, so for all the listeners out there, you know, if you know council, we're not royal blue, right? Yeah. So Shane's like, why in the world, you know, were they wearing royal blue back in the 70s? So I'll be honest, my first guess was that we just made a mistake. Like whoever the coach was at that time, maybe ordered the wrong uniform or, you know, I imagine in the 70s, if you ordered the wrong uniform, <laughs> just roll with it. Yeah, you probably just roll with it. Probably was a hard process. But and then another question, you know, for any of you council listeners out there, uh, we also had in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, when Dave Rastic was our baseball coach, we had royal blue baseball uniforms. Mm-hmm. And it was gray with royal blue, and I always found that funny. You remember yeah. talking about that? But we never really like went in depth more of finding it. But you know, long story short, um, you know, I reached out to a lot of people. You know, I first started with uh, you know some of the younger guys. You know, Patrick Wade, Neil, J. Rat, some of them, and none of them really had any more insight than what I would. So then I started reaching out to some of uh, the more older, <laughs> older gentlemen uh, in the council area, uh, Dave Bostic. I talked to Dakota, uh, her, his daughter, and probably she was the first one to lead me onto this track. But basically, and I'm not saying that this is the absolute truth because I don't know 100% for sure, but from a lot of accounts, Graybrim Barton was the coach in the late 70s and early 80s, and he just decided one year to order a Navy and Columbia colorway. Uh, uniform and he pretty much just changed the colors just because he wanted to like so then we talked to his wife um at at a ball game over that weekend and uh she she confirmed it then talked to the old legend harry presley and he also confirmed that that council was royal blue back in the 60s and 70s and just that uh one you know uniform change i guess we never noticed because Yearbook pictures are black and yes. white. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did. I thought of that. I was like, I need to call my grandma. She has every yearbook, every council. And she was looking through all of them. She's like, black and white, black and white, black and white. So uh, Harry also said that royal blue is cheaper to order yeah. during that time. Two colors. Two colors, yeah. And probably light blue is probably less or more unique probably too. Maybe maybe yeah. more expensive. But yeah, and then, you know, several of us started talking about how many teams or schools do you know that's actually changed colors. And, you know, there's not many out there that you can uh, think of that's completely changed colors. Um, but that, that's, that's just a unique story uh, for all of you council listeners out there. Um, so, again, have Coach Goodman in today. Uh, you know, Coach Rick Goodman is one of the most legendary coaches to ever coach uh, in Southwest Virginia. Uh, he played at Whitewood High School uh, back in the early 80s and then uh, coached uh, different places. Um, uh, he's going to tell you all about some of the places uh, that he started out. I actually didn't even know one place that he started out at. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he's been at council, had a great run at council from uh, about the mid-90s to the mid-2000s. And then uh, went on to Twin Valley and uh, is now the principal at Twin Valley. So uh, just super excited to have Rick on. You know, as I've talked about on this podcast, Shane, uh, throughout the season, you know, us going to those games and, you know, all the stuff that Rick did uh, whenever we were young growing up made us love the game, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, I think that it was more important to us than any level of basketball has been. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember uh, P. Wade, I remember used to call it the Ricky Goodman grab bag camp. Whenever you, <laughs> you, you, you grab your bag for hitting a free throw or whatever, 
And I, I, that was the coolest thing whenever you'd be at camp or something, you'd hit a, you know, win a competition, you've got to go get an old jersey or just anything, you know, uh, during that time. But uh, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and go ahead and have Coach Rick come on in. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you all for having me. Uh, quite a few stories there about the grab bags at camp. You had to have the young ones interested in playing. The only way to get them interested was keep them happy and give them prizes. Yeah. <laughs> and they would keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. those camps, I mean, they were packed, weren't they? Yes, we uh, we had probably 50 each summer. We added a council. Uh, it got started with Mr. Yates at Whitewood. He would do that. We would go back and do counseling jobs during that time, and he would have 65 to 70. Yeah, Whitewood. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, it was kids from all over would come to council during those during those days. Uh, but, Coach, tell everybody uh, what you're doing now and where you live. And- I live at uh, Brown Mountain. That's 15 minutes from Richlands, 15 minutes from Whitewood, uh, Principal Twin Valley High School. Uh, we'll be retiring at the 1st of July. <laughs> Not going to miss school. <laughs> I do miss the coaching aspect. I do not want to be a head coach anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't mind to help someone eventually. But I did start out. My first coaching job was assistant coach at Whitewood High School uh, while I was a senior at Emory and Henry. I did, came back and did my student teaching at Whitewood, helped Mr. Yates basketball that year. Uh, could not find a job in Buchanan County. Got a teaching job at Jaeger, West Virginia, elementary school, K through five. Uh, did coaching at Jaeger Elementary. They ran their little league through the school system. Yeah. So I started off a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade coach. Did it for so four was it years. Paid? Like for yeah, it was paid. Really? Oh, that's- yeah, we had a, I think, $450 stipend during that time, which I was yeah. pretty good during yeah. that time. Didn't have inflation our, like that. No, our, I think our starting salary was fifteen to $16,000. So. Yeah, yeah that, that's uh, pretty neat, getting to pay to coach Little League. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm a Buchanan County guy, <laughs> and, like, whenever uh, – you always say up on the mountain on Brown Mountain. I still, I do actually know where that is. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Like I could not get to go Brown to sixty-seven where you turn off sixty-seven grocery. Used to be sixty-seven grocery. Turn right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Coach, kind of how we do things. We just like to go back in chronological order and learn a little bit about your childhood. You know, so tell everybody, uh, you know, where you grew up at. I grew up at White's Bottom Circle. That's about a mile below the old Whitewood High School. Okay. So I was within walking distance of school the later I got in my career, but obviously <laughs> they weren't going to let me walk at yeah. the early age. Yeah, so you, but uh, started you, playing ball in the fourth grade for Lonnie White and Raymond Compton. Is that your yeah. first like, time? Like, Did you remember anything about basketball before playing organized like that? Uh, well, yes. Back then you had the Tommy Moore, Mark Robinson's bunch. And yeah. My mother did like to go watch ball games. My older brother played, so I was interested in basketball before the little league. Yeah. So, like, um, you mentioned Mark Robinson and Whitewood. Like during that time, they had like dominant teams, didn't they? Like during yes, some of those they years, real good teams. Which Mark's bunch, I really do not remember, but the couple bunches after that. But I remember going and sitting on the stage and watching 
quite a few games. Yeah, in that cracker jack. The stands, it was packed. Like I said, we would try to get there early and get on the stage so you can be out of everybody's way. Yeah, was that the group they were scoring, you know, 100 and some every night? Well, Mark's group was, but like I said, I was a little before my time. But now you had the, uh, I guess Daryl Maxwell, Tommy Moore. It's Tommy, I can believe the same as Mark. But they were averaging 70, 80, 90 points a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so. Go ahead and talk. Then you know your first organized was in fourth grade. Like, what do you remember about that first team you ever played on? Who did you play for? I like I said. I think it was. I think Ronnie Raymond and Lonnie White both coached. Uh, we did play a county schedule. Fourth grade. I remember we only got to practice on weekends. You, Sundays you had the gym. Other than that, you didn't practice. Uh, <laughs> We were pretty good at that age because we had some decent talent. So, so we was stuck that, together. Was you playing? Was it still set up kind of like it is nowadays? Like, was it Buckingham County Little League? And was you traveling around to Hurley and Council? Uh, yes, we did travel. We played at Hurley, played at Harmon, played at Russell Prater. Slate Creek was still there. So, yes, we did travel. Yeah. Yeah, still kind of the same setup. That yes. You know, and like during that time, I'm going to those games and playing Little League. Had you, by fourth grade, already decided like, wow, you know, I'll, I love this and thought that you would, you know, work at it to be a great player or anything? Uh, I'm not sure it's a fourth grade, but by seventh grade, it really kicked in that I really liked it, really wanted to play, wanted to go to some camps during that time. Uh we did lose to Hurley in the County Little League Championship that year. That was Chris Justice's bunch. And then they were our biggest, I guess, rivalry during the following years of high school. Yeah. So uh, what was unique about that old Whitewood school, which I really wish it was still standing. Uh, it was just a historic site to me. Uh, but it was combined, right? Like K-12? Yes, K-12. Yeah. You had uh, – Mobile units for some of the lower grades. Uh, some of the upper classes was outside in the mobile units. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Like <laughs> K-12, and you, I mean, it was just outside, like little yeah. like huts or something, wasn't it? Like, it was a double Y, pretty double much. Y. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That is. It's just so crazy to think about, oh. you know, today's time. That's how it was. So you went there. I mean, that was your whole school career. You know, oh, well, I guess 13 years, yep. kindergarten. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, you know, about eighth grade, was you on JV at that point? Yes, on JV. Uh, we were not very good at JV. <laughs> <laughs> or the other teams were just a lot better. Yeah. Just put it that way. Ninth so, grade year, I was on varsity, but I didn't get to play a lot. But the experience was well worth it. Tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade, actually started varsity. Tenth grade year, we were decent. That was Terry Maxwell's senior year. We did uh, upset Thomas Walker in the regional that year. I think they won the year, won the state the year before. Yeah. So is Danny Yates? He's coaching there. Uh, yeah, Mister Yates have coached. I think he came in '78, maybe. So he coached varsity my all my four years. So, so your freshman year was 1970. What? Eight or nine, somewhere in that range. Seventy nine. <laughs> He's counting it up on his fingers. I've counted backwards. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. So, talk just a little bit about 
uh, Danny Yates. You know, uh, uh, Coach Atkins talked about, you know, working on his staff. And, you know, I've heard so much over different people. But what did he mean to you, like, coming up to Varsity? I think was person you looked up to, you wanted to idolize. He got me pretty much wanting to be a teacher and a coach. Uh, very strict during that time. Fundamentals. That's the reason I guess we did a lot of fundamental <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Council, which I actually did that at Yeager, my little league. I would run little league practices the way Yeager did his varsity practice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just fundamentals. You did not let the other best player beat you if you could help it. Yeah. You well, we didn't game plan for that. Yeah, we didn't study film, but we knew what the other team's offense was, and we would try to outsmart them and beat them to the spot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, what what do you remember about you know as your varsity career? Coach Atkins uh, talked a lot about this in the podcast. Like, what was some of your rivalries uh, when you was at Whitewood? Uh, Hayside. So Hayside been wherever we went. Uh, Homeacre, we really didn't play Homeacre during those years. They were not in the district at that time. And the uh, or like that. Well, I'm not for sure, but they know they wasn't in the Black Diamond. Uh, but Hayside, Pokey was, you didn't want to go to Pokey and play. <laughs> you didn't want to go to Pokey and win. So really? They've had to be police escorted down for really? a couple of years. Yeah. Not my group, but some of Mr. Yates' group. Yeah, I've heard it's – well, it's, I played there, and it was pretty crazy even when I played yeah. there, but Neil talks about it's crazy. Pokey yeah, it's, you didn't want to go to Pokey and play, especially if you was going to win. Yeah. Which Grundy was – or those county, there's always great rivalry. You always wanted to beat them. They're double A, yeah. so you – at that time, you definitely wanted to beat them. Did you uh, – what was it like playing Garden? Was it, were they down there in those years? Or No, Garden's actually – Decent during those years. They had a bunch of big boys. The Browning kid, Gary Rowe, Roger Deal. So they were they were big, but it was a dog fight with him. And that's Roger Rifles coaching them at that time. So we, yeah. Mr. H definitely wanted to beat Garden and Grundy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted to beat everybody. So talk put describe the environment or setting. You know, you said hey Si. You know, it was great during that time. Did you play at the old Hayside High School? Yes. So just talk about like that. Well, I mean, it, it was coming from our little school to their just a little bit yeah, bigger school. Yeah, school's I mean, it was, size. yeah, it wasn't much bigger. Yeah. Which we didn't even have a three-point line on the side. But we didn't have three-point line during that time anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the schools were about the same, Hayside and Whitewood at that time. It was just so hard to get in shape to go play on a big – Floor when you were spraying. So, so did you floor. like when you went to high school? Was that pl- getting in shape to be on a big floor? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's small. Like you said, like, it's small too. Anytime we made the region, we would try to find a bigger floor to go practice on. We'd yeah, practice a week on the big floor. So, uh, who was some of Hayside's like best players during the time? Uh, Wampler kid. Uh, I know back in my place, Terry Wood, and some of them. Uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of lost my train of thought on some of it. Yeah, it's been, like I said, Wampler and Deal and maybe not Deal, but Terry Woods. I know they had real good shooting guards. Well, it was Reese Owens and some of those at that time. Yeah. I think. That's, I am getting older here. <laughs> you're, you're getting younger by the day. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about the Thomas Walker game just a second ago. You know, talk about – Maybe some of your all successes and some of the guys you played with at Whitewood. 
But, uh, what grade was it when you said you beat Tom Walker? In Thomas Walker, we upset him in the regional 10th grade. Uh, senior year, they come back and returned the favor. We were seven points ahead going the last quarter. and we're Seven points ahead with us is not very good because we've lost quite a few games, seven points. <laughs> really? Seven point lead going the last quarter in crunch time. But Thomas Walker upset us. Well, we upset them 10th grade. They upset us our senior year. But uh, it's just we hadn't been to the region, I guess, till we were 10th graders. We didn't play the LPD schedule. Our senior year, we did go down to Powell Island playing the tournament. But you, that's the first thing going to council. We figured out how to play LPD yeah. in Cumberland, tight ball, by going to camps, getting in all the tournaments that we could with them. Yeah. And I think that helped there. But senior year, like I said, it was just a lot of pressure. And So what type of player – were you like like if you were describing yourself as a player? I was a point guard that would rather pass than shoot, and probably actually had well not probably actually I averaged probably six or seven assists and four or five turnovers. So I would have been this. I would not have been happy with my play as a coach. <laughs> so you were a little loose with the ball? Yeah, I was a little loose with the ball, yeah. I mean, but I back that time, like I said, you were young. You thought you knew it all. and Yeah. A good pass. If it, you missed three, you wouldn't say that's 12 points that you should have scored or yeah. they could have scored. You didn't figure that out until you become a coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I got asked this. It made me think of it whenever you said that you were a – uh, pass first guard that really didn't like to shoot that much. Um, you know, later on, we'll talk about Neil going forward, but Neil was also like that. I've heard, you know, Neil talk about how you would get on him for not shooting. So is that kind of ironic that you, <laughs> yes. were you as bad as Neil? Like whenever you get, but I could not shoot as good as Neil. <laughs> so there's a difference. Neil could shoot the ball. Yeah. Neil just wouldn't shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And another, another question I got to ask, you know, um, Putting this mildly, you're a little fasty, right? You know, as a coach. So, were you as a player? Were you? Yes, a whole lot more than I was as a coach. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was. I could probably be tough to be around as a player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, are you? I, mean, I didn't talk trash, but I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was cocky. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <But> so, <laughs> were, were, you were you were a player that held your teammates accountable. I imagine. We tried to keep everything together. Yeah, and tried to get them riled up and ready and a lot of times some of them said well, you're just too uh, noisy and stuff so yeah <laughs> so who's some of the guys that that was on your on your team during those years uh sophomore year we had the shooter terry maxwell would shoot uh, he gets probably had two thousand points we had three point line uh then senior year we had tim dodson he was six six could shoot the eyes out of it Went to Bluefield and played. Uh, Ronnie Ward, left-handed guard, could shoot. Kenny Hayes, 6'5", athlete that could run, jump. Had dunks in like eight straight games really? that junior year. And then our other prayer forward was Donnie Honecker at that time. Danny's yeah. older brother. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, he, he was really good too. I mean, Danny yeah. was the one that had all the, the point records and yes. stuff. but. Uh, you know, that's what Coach Atkins talked about, Donnie, a lot. Um, 
whenever he was there. What do you remember about Coach Atkins being an assistant coach at Wildwood during that time? I just know he came in, I think, three weeks into school or something, and he played ball with us all the time. I think he's even a decent tennis player at that time, too. I'm not sure. But <laughs> I think him, Mr. H, or maybe another coach that they play tennis. But uh, And he tells this story on the podcast. I don't know if you heard it, but he talked about uh, whenever uh, he was at a game. Where was it at, Shane, the game with the trash can? Pokey, maybe? Maybe. I feel, I feel like, like it was like at Pokey or something. Yeah. But do you remember uh, Coach Danny Yates coming in and kicking the trash can and it was bolted to the floor? Do you remember that? <laughs> It, it's I think so, story, yeah. man. It was hilarious. Like I said, Pokey, it's a lot of things went on up there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, your senior year, you talked about you all playing. Uh, Tom Walker and then returning the favor. Was that in the regional semifinals? Semifinals. And that, so that was your last game? Yes. So, you know, what was that like, you know, after uh, all those years, the culmination? You hated it. I mean, it was just – didn't want to be seen for a couple of days. You wanted, but it did take some pressure off. I yeah. mean, you were finished. Yeah, yeah. Were you like that as a player? Because I, you know, me and Neil, for example, are both these types of people that when you lose, it's just like you said, you just want to go hide in a hole. You took it that personal too. In the beginning, yes. Later on in your life and career, you realize it's part of life. Yeah, you just got to. Yeah, you got to go on. Things were not meant for you at that time. No. Yeah, you I didn't mean, make the plays they did. Like I said, that's happened a few times with seven-point leads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, having this podcast and just talking to people that has been in it, like you and, you know, Coach Vermillion and all these coaches, it makes you realize that you have to wise up and, and learn how to take things and, you know, let it roll off your back instead of it being detrimental yeah. to your whole life. Yeah, you've got you got to grow up fast as yeah. a coach. I mean, yeah. You're still it's just an extended babysitting job <laughs> with a close family. That was pretty much what I did. Yeah. You try to keep everybody happy, but you can't. You've got to do what you think's right and hope they buy in and hope they will do what's needed to do. Yeah. So, go from there. So But uh, when it's over, it's over. Yeah. That's true. Uh so after your high school career, you know, ended, um, you know, talk about going to college. Like, did you want to play? And, you know, what was your – how did that transpire? Uh, they were – Mr. Yates would take us for tryouts. We went to Alice Lloyd, those three of us, myself, Tim Dobson, and Ronnie. That was the three seniors that started. Uh, I think Tim had a basketball scholarship. Ronnie and myself, we got the academic scholarship. And they switched coaches during that summer. So we all went to Alice Lloyd. Uh, Ronnie played JV ball year. Tim stayed six weeks maybe, then he transferred to Bluefield. And I stayed a semester because I didn't really like there. And I set out and then went to Emory. Uh, tried to play ball there. Liced it till Thanksgiving and all the other kids were going home, and we were going to have to stay. And I'd say, "Days, college basketball is not for me because everybody's good in college. I mean, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, you were the pride and joy during high school, but you're not in college. There's ten or twelve more. That's just as good. It's as the same BS. So I just thought that 
I just go back to that, which I stated Emory by a different play. Yeah, so Emory at that time, I guess, was D3 still. and Or were they D3? They are all back. Uh, D3, David Bostick came in. I think he was a transferred in for Ferrin at that time. I guess my freshman year was his junior year. Okay. Yeah, so did did you – I guess you played against Dave Boss to get counsel? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, you at Emory then uh, decided not to play. Uh, at, at that point where you, when you were at Emory, did you know you wanted to be a teacher? In oh, yeah, that's what I was going into, yeah. As soon as I got out of high school, I was going – Like you said, Coach, Coach Yates yeah. uh, kind of, you know, yeah. led you down that path that you, that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, coach and teach. And then, so you uh, talked about it there uh, just a second at the start, but talk about your first ever uh, teaching slash coaching positions. Go into more detail on that. Uh, first teaching position, like I said, was at Jaeger Elementary. It was the Cubs, K- right? Yes. The Jaeger Cubs. <laughs> it yeah. was a K through five. I actually started, well, we got married in April. When we got back from our honeymoon, I had sent in a application for everywhere, all around. And the lady at Jaeger had called while I was gone on a honeymoon and said they had a opening right now for their PE. So I went April, May, June, two months that year. And finished out the year as a K through five PE teacher, and then stuck around four more years till uh, the job came open at council. So you were at Jaeger four years. Yes, Lisa was at Jaeger. My wife was at Jaeger for five years before really? she got into county. All right, uh, tell us a little bit about Jaeger. You you shared some stories off the air about how it was a little bit different, how kids <laughs> were a little bit uh, rougher, maybe than uh, in Buchanan County? Uh, my days at Jaeger was, like I said, it was a K through five. Uh, I probably have faced some of the meanest, ruliest kids during that time. <laughs> uh, but it was an experience. Uh, Miss Goodman's had some good stories. She taught at the elementary or middle school during that time. She uh, had some students that would tell her if she needed a vehicle, just to let them know what color, the model, and the brand, and they could have it within a week or so. Uh, they've also had a student, when she, well, she was 19 at the time, and she had 16, 17, 18-year-olds in middle school. And one of them actually had a gun back during those days, which we didn't think anything of it yeah. back then, but today, you know, you would think a whole lot about it. Yeah. But it was some good times at Jaeger. Uh, like I said, I did my Little League coaching there. And I and did paid coach, to coach uh, Little League. Got paid to coach, yeah. Got to visit all of McDowell County during that time. <laughs> Kimball, Mount View. We play our championship games at Mount View. Uh, but you had Kimball, Welch, Panther, all those little elementary schools. Well, you played Big Creek. Was that an elementary school? Big Creek was probably Kimball or Newhall. Okay. During that time. Probably Newhall because they had two or three feeder right. schools that fit in. Well, never did win a championship over there, but we had some good players. Uh, Were you living in Jaeger? No, we no. lived at uh, Whitewood and okay. Grove Crop. We could beat Jaeger in 45 minutes. Uh, 
we leave the same place we do now. And we, uh, when we was a council, we still lived at Brown Mountain. It was a 55 yeah. minute drive. So, but the uh, young gentleman I had at Jaeger later became the coach at Richlands High School was Jody Fuller. He played middle school ball for me at uh, Jaeger. Uh, tried to talk him into coming to Twin Valley. Well, I actually tried to talk him into coming to council at that time because he played some AAU ball with us, but they did move, but they went to the Richlands area. So he didn't graduate at Jaeger? He no, yeah, he graduated at Richlands. So, uh, you know, talk about then the transition uh, into your next opportunity. Uh, the next opportunity from Jaeger, we went to Council High School. Uh, went to Council to be a baseball coach and a JV football coach. Is actually what we got hard for and what I got hard for. Uh, interesting year, considering I had never played football, which I did have Randy Martin helping. So Randy. So wait, uh, you they originally called like talk a little bit. How did that? happen like you said you never played football so how did they but they pretty much hard as as a (laughs) jv or a baseball coach slash hip football but it was it was a when they started jv football that year yeah oh yeah so that that was the first year that was the first year of jv football yeah because now you know obviously we've talked about council football a lot on this podcast but so that what year was this now when you got hired at council was what year? 90 or 91, somewhere. Yeah, like 86. I graduated four years, 90. Okay, 90. Been 90, okay. probably. Yeah, so, like, did they – they didn't play varsity the first no. year. Okay. First two years was JV football. So, you were basically the the head of the whole football program. Uh, yeah, well, Randy Martin helped. Yeah. So, Randy had worked with it before, and he was the softball coach, softball yeah. coach there. So, yeah. We, it was pretty much a tag team effort, but he knew a little or a lot more about it than I did. But I'd been around it at Emory, the equipment manager, and I got to travel with him some of the football games. Yeah, so you just didn't want to play at Whitewood? Well, we, did, we didn't have football. Oh, you didn't no, have football at Whitewood? No, Whitewood did not have football. Oh, so. okay. Now, I would have played if we'd had it back then more than likely. Yeah. So, if mom and dad would have let me. <laughs> so what was that? What was it like being, you know – Talk a little bit about some of those stories that first year council football. Uh, that wasn't an experience. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> we we tried to play Hayside, which they would take it easy on us. Uh, the only good thing was Whitewood was starting to do that time, so we could play close to Hay or Whitewood, but anybody else, no, it was just work in progress that. Never did pan out at council. There's just not yeah. enough students. Yeah, I mean, that would have to be just an unreal process to have JV yeah. kids and just never play the sport. Yeah, just put them out there. Yeah. That brutal and physical of a sport. And, like, and we would even actually have to play some 10th and 11th graders just to have enough to attempt to have it those first two years. Yeah, so that, that first year you didn't coach basketball at all then? No. So who was the – was Dave – uh, Dave Rasnick was varsity. Randall Turner was JV. I think that's correct. And then I'm thinking I didn't coach basketball for two years there. I'm th- how many years? I'm not sure if I coached JV football two years and then went to JV basketball. So it was, yeah, I'd say it was just a blur. <laughs> the ah, JV yeah, football years. 
Uh, the football was, you know, it's. So what, so you, you know, you did that two years um, and then what was the point, you know, the transition to getting into basketball council? Uh, after that, the two year trial for JV and then they went varsity and they hired Roger Deal, which Roger helped some at Hayside yeah. and his boys had played there. So Roger became the head coach there. And that's when I got into the basketball program. So did you did did you not want to do football anymore, or was it an opportunity I, you had to be the head coach? No, I did not want to be. The head coach. <laughs> I don't think they was going to offer to me, but I did yeah. not want to be the head coach. You weren't putting in your application. No, no my application would not been in for football. No. <laughs> so uh, Neil told this story about Randall Turner stepping down on JV, and then that's when you got the opportunity to coach JV. Yes, I think that was Neil's second eighth grade year, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's, that's bad, eh? Yeah. Second eighth grade year, first eighth grade year. So talk a little bit about you know this group that we're about ready to talk about Neil and Adrian and Mike and all them that great '96 team. You know what was it like taking over? You know, I guess that was your first head coaching basketball job other than little league. You know, high correct school job. Yeah. You know. The JV years, we I don't think they won many the year before. Uh, the second eighth grade year, I'm not sure if we won eight games, ten games, but we did show progress throughout the year. We did go to Pokey and play with Pokey, and they were pretty daggone good on JV that year. Uh, I think that was the night we rode up, was at Pokey, and we couldn't stop them, and we had gut check time at halftime and and I think the some of them stepped up and actually proved to be some ball players after <laughs> that. I think it was Dawson and all that bunch was playing at Pokey at that time, JV. And like I said, they were pretty good. And we were getting killed at halftime and we I guess come to Jesus meeting and they decided yeah. they let us play full court men would do it. We didn't know how to play it, but they did. <laughs> so you mentioned the come to Jesus uh, talk at halftime. So, you know, obviously anybody that's ever seen you coach, especially back in those days, you were a little little fiery. So did you come straight in on that group pretty hard? Yes. We we could see the writing that that group could be good, could help change council back to the way it was when I played with yeah. Greg Tiller and all that much. Uh we needed some work, but they loved the game. I mean, you had all aspects of it there with Neil as a guard, Adrian as a guard forward. Uh, Mike had transferred in a couple years earlier, could do anything, shoot. You had Preston, the enforcer, yeah, the coaches type player that you, he knew his role, yes. And then you had Opie to uh, shoot the eyes out of. And so then, you know, you only spent one year, right, as JV coach? Uh, yes, and they've thankfully given me the opportunity to be the next coach there and step up with this group. So Yeah, so Neil and his freshman year, your your first year of RC head coach, do you remember your first ever game as varsity head coach? Uh I think it was in the Kiwanis tournament down there. I think we won. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sure. But I think we won a couple of the games there in the Kiwanis tournament, uh, which that year you had Eric Wampler that 
the center. Then you had Craig Presley, the real good point guard. Then we'd throw in those three or four freshmen with them. And I guess Shannon Compton was there during that time and Brian Hess. So we had fun that year. Yeah. I had fun that year. They may not. <laughs> Was you like what's what's a Rick Goodman practice like during that time? Is it grueling? Uh, we would forty-five minute drills, fundamentals, probably thirty minute shooting. Then we would work on your offense defense. Pretty yeah. much what Mister Yates would do. It's a lot of half court work. So many stops before you get the ball, so forth. So uh, what do you remember, you know, we'll talk about Neil throughout the podcast some, but what do you remember about Neil as a, you know, eighth, ninth grader? Like, what, what was he like? Because I know he was super shy back then. Very skinny. Still is. That real shy. <laughs> and I don't think he could lift the barbell or the weight bar <laughs> until about the 10th, 11th grade. Yeah. <laughs> but he loved the game, always shooting and I believe he even carried the ball around all the time in school. I can remember back. But now he wasn't shy with me. I mean, we hit it off because, like I said, he they loved the game and I loved the game. And we spent time and worked at it. We did summer leagues to try to improve. It was just a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, like you mentioned, I mean, that group, you know, it's just unique to have those five that was all in the same grade mm-hmm. that was all – you know, just had their, their exact roles and everything. And uh, each year you improve pretty much from the year before, yeah. right? And if the coach had just improved as much as they had, it would improve. <laughs> we could maybe yeah. pull that one off. Eric. I guess. What, like during uh, Neil and his years, um, what's like any certain game that you just remember that you'll ever well, – obviously you probably remember a lot of the games, but – uh, like for example, the Twin Springs game when Stacy hit that shot. Uh, that was just, I believe I quoted that night in the paper, just a hell of a shot by a hell of a player at that time. <laughs> it's just, I guess, I mean, players are going to make plays when he did. But I've, Neil's 10th grade year, we lost to him in the semifinals of the region by 10. That was Greg Presley's senior year. So we showed improvement from year to year. And then his senior year, we finally got him in yeah. double overtime, triple overtime. At Tom Walker. Yeah, at Tom Walker. And, and it was a bunch of the role players that had to come in because a bunch of them had fouled out. <laughs> You're talking about Craig Presley. Matt Presley's little brother came in and did a yeah. great job during that time. I guess he'd have been what, freshman or sophomore. Freshman. freshman. Yeah. And I, during your coaching time, you know, during those years, uh, what you know, obviously, you all had a huge rivalry with Hayside. We've talked about this, you know, all throughout the podcast. Um, Dave Sutherland was he coaching at that time, or was it that time? Was probably still Larry, Larry, yeah, mm, yeah, I think Larry at that time. I think Brad's time was probably Dave, yeah. So, cool. you know, you talked about your rivalry with Hayside whenever you played, was that your deepest rival, you know, as a coach early on at that time? Yes, Hayside and. Then Honecker come back into the district by then. So you always want to beat Hayside and Honecker. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, you know, as we talked about how lively you were on the sidelines, you know, was it early on, you know, like now I feel like, you know, I can watch some of these older coaches and they can just get on officials all night. And you, you earn that respect. But as a young coach, 
had you earned that respect to, to scream at officials or were you getting teased left and right? Uh, didn't get a lot of tease. Did get thrown out of a couple of games, so probably three or four games. <laughs> a couple of them probably deserved, a couple of them probably didn't. <laughs> you picked your spots when to argue and when not to. And at the early age, I'm just going to be honest, I wasn't smart enough to shut up yeah. <laughs> when it was over. <laughs> I mean, on yeah. the play, yeah. they'd warn you two or three times, and then that was enough. You should have to. If you're smart, after one warning, you just yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get that yeah. play back. But as a coach, you wanted all the calls to go your way, especially when you was an early, <laughs> early age. So when you talked about you knew when to shut up, was there ever you you got thrown out of four games? You think in your mind? Uh, at there. least two, possibly four. I'm not. <laughs> I know my first was at Grundy Girls JV. Which I deserved really? it. I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to get kicked out? Of uh, the referee wore glasses, and I kept doing this. <laughs> Coach just held his head, hold his fingers up to his face. Oh yeah, four eyes. <laughs> so, but I did deserve that. So you coached JV girls and the varsity girls at the same time as you was doing the boys, no. or was that oh, before? Uh, at council, they were still in the file, so I did JV girls for Dave when he did the okay. varsity girls. And then this is during Neilman's years early. Yes, on. I think it was Jebra and Brooks times with Dave there. Yeah, so I'd say yeah. Craig's time, yeah, because Craig was during that time. But yeah, I coached the JV girls there during the file, so I got out of football and got into JV girls. That's where it went. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was yeah, probably a good yeah. decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, back to you getting ejected. I, I specifically remember, and this is later on down, but the night that you got ejected down at the elementary school, and Neil, I'm pretty sure, had already graduated at that point. He yeah. coached the rest of the game. Is that correct? And then you went up into, and if you, for the listeners out there, council has a, what do you call that, Shane? The, like where Lloyd used to say, the crow's call, yeah, the crow's nest, yeah. you know, where Lloyd used to call the games. And, like, I just remember sitting there as a kid watching the game. You got ejected, and obviously, council was going crazy. And I remember you went in the locker room, you know, and then maybe, you know, two minutes later, you come and everybody sees you walk out into the crow's head. And I the place there. goes crazy. I stayed there with Lloyd. Lloyd was broadcasting <laughs> that night. I stayed there with Lloyd. The place went insane. <laughs> I don't remember who we were playing, though. You? It was Honeyacre. I think Kent went off for like 28 that night. Yes, we were was, behind when I got thrown out. Yeah, so that was, they just did us a favor that night. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, coaching Neil and him back to that 96 team, you know, their 96 year, you know, you all obviously had had a lot of success and those epic council crowds. Had you, one thing that I want to talk to you about as we go through is we talked a little bit about it with the camps, but I think you were a very good marketer is what I always thought. Like, you know, you, you had the t-shirts and you just had, you were ahead of your time. I feel like in trying to get the community involved in merchandise and all that stuff. Like during those years, had you already started doing some of that stuff? Like t-shirt sales? And no, no, that was all just trying to get support and funds to send them to camp. Yeah. And get the crowds behind you. And it was just, I don't just a way of life back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 
Neil and his team, yeah, your their best success was their senior year as far as how far they went, right? You went to the state semifinals. Yes. Uh, lost to Madison County. Just scared to death first half. Doug is too big of a hole that we couldn't get out of. I think we scored more points last quarter than we did the first three together. <laughs> Brought it back to within four or five points, but we were down 16 or so at halftime. Just... And where did you play that game at again? The state semifinal game? Because it wasn't Lynchburg back when Newland played. You that was probably at Liberty. Was it Liberty when you Maybe. I think Liberty. Neil would know exactly where you played. Yeah, I'm sure thinking Liberty, but I'm not sure. But, you know, wherever it was in that state semifinal game, um, you know, what was that experience like? Because you never went to the state semifinals when you was a player. Was that kind of a surreal experience getting to go, you know, on a big trip like that and stay overnight? And Well, we were – we had the boys staying all night, camps and stuff. So we were gradually working for the big picture. Which yeah. We just got kind of shut out a little bit before. But uh, that's what you always dream about, going state tournament playing. Yeah. You never did hear of it back here much. What, Lebanon once and Twin Springs once is about it, or Lebanon a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not often. No, not often with, on this end. But, yeah. Go ahead. No, we were just, like I said, for camps, we would always go and stay, take the family. I know Neil's senior year, I be his summer of his senior year. I think Lisa and myself stayed at home like three days, three nights in June. We were at camp the rest <laughs> the of the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, now that that is also something, you know, I want to talk to you about. And, you know, Lisa, your wife, and, you know, you eventually had three kids. Um, and the sacrifice that your family was making during those times was unreal. Uh, when the sacrifice we enjoyed doing, uh, yeah, but we just had an extended family for about yeah. fifteen years. Yeah, and what I mean more by that is like how far you were driving and just you know, because what, what you said it was fifty five, fifty five minutes each way. But Jaeger, we were driving forty five, so we didn't really see that yeah. much. There's a big difference. But she would go to camps with us when we stayed away from home. Now she wouldn't go to all the day camps that we had. Yeah, wonder Virginia High and stuff. But I many times we've loaded up in two blazers and throw Neil and some of the little ones in the back cubby hole and <laughs> head out because yeah. we didn't have vans at that time. Yeah, yeah, Lisa, I remember uh, you took us to Coastal whenever I was in seventh or eighth grade, and she was just like an, another mom on the trip. Like I remember, uh, man, you came down uh, stairs one time. Uh, we had the double decker house. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. You all were upstairs at Varsity. Harry Presley drove us, yeah. drove the bus. JV was downstairs, <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, we left a mess downstairs or something. I remember you coming down and just lighting into us. And here's the funny part, though, was most of the mess was left by Lloyd. That's right. <laughs> I think Neil ended up telling us that. Yeah, Lloyd was downstairs. I remember one time or on that trip, Lloyd had his big beard, and he just decided to shave it off. And he shaves his beard in the sink and left it there. <laughs> he didn't clean his entire beard up. <laughs> but we had some good fun times during oh, those yeah. times. Yeah. But we would play 50 or 60 games during the summer every year. I feel like I've heard this. This may be just a rumor of me making it up in the head. I've always heard of 
you summer camp games going on, y'all are playing, and you just kind of going up in the bleachers oh, that's, and sitting down and just yeah. kind of taking the game in. Yeah, that's the not rumors. Yeah, that's <laughs> Neil would coach. Lloyd would even coach. <laughs> DJ said Lloyd coached. At Emory, yeah. Brad would coach. I'd just go up and sit. <laughs> we played PH Roanoke. I don't know if it was the varsity or the JV, but we would fight and struggle with them. And I'd go up and sit. <laughs> Their coach would be yelling. I'd be up there watching the game. So Brad and them would be taken care of. <laughs> we went to Coastal. And that's back we'd take JV and varsity. So I'd go with the JV. And if it's time for the varsity, if I wasn't there, Brad said, no, let's go ahead and play. We got it. <laughs> They'd go ahead and start. And, and LWC was coaching the game. What was that like, watching Lloyd coach? Uh, those days, I wouldn't go. I'd send Neil with them and Lloyd with them. But yeah, so, uh, you know, like I said, Neil and M's group had a lot of success. And then you had a couple-year period there where uh, before uh, your next great run, I guess, you had Matt Presley and uh, Shane's Matt. brother Stacy was even on those teams. That was probably my best coaching year, though. Yeah. Matt's – I guess what was it, junior year or senior, senior year? Senior, I believe. Yeah, well, that was the year yeah, when we, Brad we went what eleven and eleven. No, not with Brad. Okay, so just Matt and Mike Wilson. Oh yeah, and Artie. I think we, that would have been junior year. We right? went like eleven and eleven. But we shouldn't have went eleven and eleven. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, I mean Mike Wilson had never played. He'd come out his senior year. We had Matt. I mean, you got a point guard and a big guy, but you had Artie. Yeah. So there's another big kid. So the point guard and a big guy, you can win some games. And we end up leaving later. Yeah. Yeah. Matt had a great career, you know, and he just was in, in between those two groups, weren't he? And still, Grundy should have, should have, would have, could have that year, but they still didn't beat us. We were 28 0 against Grundy in my career. <laughs> yeah. For boys. Yeah. That is, that is a crazy stat that uh, Coach Goodman, uh, as he referenced, he went. 28 and 0 against Grundy as a varsity boys head coach. Girls, you lost girls wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, like talking about the girls, how long did you end up coaching the girls? Like when did you start? Uh, when I started that council when they were still in the file. So when they switched it to the winner, I had to get out. So that was the only reason you decided to. Well, I know. I got out Jamie Presley's freshman year, I think. When Danny Rastin come over from Garden, yeah, I went ahead and stepped down at that time to, I guess, spend more time with the boys. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, what at what age did you start to recognize like Brad and Ryan, uh, Jay Rat's group? Like, when did you start recognizing how much potential they had? Uh, with that size and great coaching there at the elementary, I mean, you had Dave and. Mike and yep. William and Wendell, all that much leading them through. Uh, fifth, sixth grade. So you started taking so, so, yeah, Here comes another good group. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, like I said, they, they had wonderful coaching there in the Little League. And like I said, Dave and them does a, did a wonderful job with all the kids there. Council while we was there. Yeah, it's something, you know, that Brad talked about, you know, on the podcast was just – how close knit that group was, and just uh, they were like the first group. I mean, but you got Neil and that bunch with Kent being the age he was, they would come and spend nights with Kent on the mountain. We'd have <laughs> five boys on the mountain and staying yeah. up all night, sliding, putting slides up on the couch and sliding <laughs> off all night. 
And then, but you had Brad, J Rat and Brad that you had. Uh, J Rat was babysit Kayla all the time. Brad's would babysit Kara all the time. It was just different. I mean, it was, yeah. Both were real close family ties and with us also. So you, you referenced Ken. I think this is a good time probably to go ahead and ask this question because, um, you know, whenever he was young. So there's always this, uh, not rumor, but it's because it's true, <laughs> but it, it's this uh, called the Kent Goodman rule, uh, the Little League rule. So talk about that. My understanding was I think Kent was first grade from what Miss Goodman said. I thought kindergarten. She said first grade. Little League Tournament, I think it was at Russell Prater, uh, Twin, not Twin Valley, Whitewood versus Council. So Kent's at Whitewood. Kent's right? at Whitewood in yeah. the first grade. Uh, Whitewood and Council played in the finals. That was the year James was a third grader, I guess, and Daniel was a first grader, I guess, if that's right. Could be in kindergarten. But Kent – Outscored the council team 56 to 54 <laughs> in the championship game. Then after that year, the Little League put in a rule that after 10 points, you had to either get your get an offensive rebound to score any more than 10. <laughs> yeah, Neil, Neil tells that story, man, that like apparently maybe y'all had played the night before or something and, you know, Neil said he remembered Kent calling him as a first grader and been like, Neil, guess how many points I have? And Neil said in his mind, you know, he's probably thinking eight or ten. And he's like, I have 56 or whatever. And Neil's like, seriously, he's like, how many did you have? He's like, I, I had 56. <laughs> but yeah. now Kent's little league, or I guess that little league team at that time, coach was Roger Van Dyke. Roger would tell him to shoot till he missed. Yeah, he just didn't. Probably didn't miss. Miss. If he missed, the other boys would get their turn. Then he'd come back to him and he Get a streak going back again. <laughs> that's a, that's a very high scoring uh, game. <laughs> Count, council must have been filling it up too. Well, yeah, like I said, James and Daniel. So they were the main two scorers there. I think. I talked to DJ. He said he was on that team, but I doubt DJ was putting in buckets at that age. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably shooting though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, talk about kind of the process uh, the first year that. Uh, you had Brad, who I guess was a freshman on varsity, and then you had Ryan and Jarrett and them had already been on varsity. You know, I remember one game in specific when you lost to Clint Wood. That, that has to be one of your toughest losses. Blew a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter that night. But was that – that was Brian's freshman year, was it? Yeah, well, yeah. I think it was Brad's freshman Brian, year. Brad's freshman Yeah, and then Ryan's sophomore. Yeah. That was a rough one. That was Matt's last game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we just anything that could go wrong went wrong. Young kids against seniors, we can say that, but Clint would just made some plays and we didn't at that that night. But no, that was probably the hardest one. Yeah, do you ever look back, or do you have you ever watched that game again? I don't. I've not watched any of. <laughs> you don't go back. I don't go it. back and watch. No, really, never did watch a film. No. Another very unique thing that I remember growing up watching uh, you coach on the sideline was your chapstick. You know, uh, Coach uh, Goodman was, in my opinion, probably used chapstick more than any individual I'd ever watched. <laughs> you, still, you still do that? 
I still use the chapstick. I guess you could say dry lips. You got to keep them moist. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use it more when you was coaching, though, on the sideline? Like a more of a nervous thing? I would think that was my go-to to try to calm my nerves. Yeah. Like uh, the first couple years, it was uh, wintergreen search that Ron Ratliff got me started on and had a ball game or two that I would kind of get hyper and jump up off the bench. And a couple times they'd go flying across the floor. Out of your mouth. So, yeah. So I finally just went to the chapstick to try to calm me down after that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you probably did realize, but like you put off a, what, what's the word? I never say it well. Like an aura. An aura. Yeah. About yourself, like an intimidating, you know, aura. Like I just remember as a young kid, like you just put off that, you know, like did, did you realize how, how intimidating you could be? No, no, no. I, I still have teachers or aides that came this year <laughs> felt the same way you were talking about that. As me so, as a 10 year old. Yeah. So I was afraid of him. I don't, don't want to go talk to him. I'm, why? Yeah. I'm going to life and carry on. Yeah. But I'm going to be serious when I need to be. I'll never forget when I was, we were probably seventh grade, I think. And we were scrimmaging one day and Rico was in the gym and was watching. And I remember shooting a three and I remember the gym went dead silent and Rick's like, Oh, Shane thinks he's a, a three-point shooter now. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And from then on, I was like, I'm never shooting a three again. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and tell this one then. You know, I, I, re I remember two specific stories. One was uh, for some reason, it was during Bradman's days. I was in the gym during y'all's practice. And I don't know why, because it was probably closed practice or something. But, you know, I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. And I got a ball. And I shot a shot on the side goal. And I remember the gym just went silent. And you're like, hold the ball. <laughs> Man, that was one of the scariest things ever. And then my other story is I've told this story on the podcast about my first ever JV game was at Chilhowee. And uh, you were still varsity head coach at that time. And I probably had eight or nine turnovers. Like, I mean, it was ugly. And I remember the next day uh, I came into the lunchroom, lunch line, and you're keeping the – uh, what's it called? The, the cash uh, register. Yeah, the cash yeah. register. Yeah, yeah, over there, and I'm and yeah, I'm like swallowing. I'm like, oh god. And I go over there, and you know, I'm I'm checking out, and you're like, there's the man. And I was like, oh god. And, it, and he's like, and you're like, how many turnovers did you have last night? And I, oh man, I'll never forget that. It made me not want to turn the ball. See, over. it was just going back to mine. If Mr. Yates had got on to me that way, yeah. I might not have turned it over as much. <laughs> But uh, uh, so we, we but, just got done talking about Brad now, you know, that, that freshman year for Brad and Matt's senior year when uh, you lost to Castlewood or um, Clintwood, rather. Um, you know, you, you obviously, you know, had so much success during those years. And, you know, even with Neil and him's team, the crowds that council attracted during those times, was that surreal to you, like to see some of the following that you all had during those years? Uh, the biggest crowd or the best crowd that I've ever seen was the year, Mike's senior year, though, when we played Twin Springs at Norton. Yeah. But I've sent some pictures and posted some pictures. Like, I mean, there's a standing room only three deep on this. Yeah. They saw baseline. It. But yeah, I mean, it was fun coaching them all those. Uh, like I said, as I've told you all, I don't like to talk. I don't like to do a lot. But when it comes to a ball game, it didn't bother me. It's just like 
Yeah. You tune everything else out but what's on that cord. And like I said, I probably get loud sometimes. My <laughs> voice does carry when you want it to. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was a great atmosphere all the way through. Yeah. I mean, it was good to go to the state tournaments and see your section field. Yeah. Navy and white. Yeah. Not royal and white. No. Like not if, if it was in the Carolina blue, I guess what Neil would want to call it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're, I think it was Brad's sophomore year right that you all played in the state championship game for the first time ever against new kent and then sophomore yeah we yeah. lost lost in the finals to new kent uh junior year beat radford in the finals mm-hmm. and senior year lost in the semifinals to nandu yep. yep. so what was that like winning you know a state title like, it's hard to put it into words but what did that mean to you, you know, to actually win a state title? Finally reached, reached the plateau of where you wanted to be. You were on the top for at least a year. Yeah. And, I mean, it was fun. There's a lot of pressure from Ryan's junior year to senior year because we lost in the finals to New Kent the year before. But they've rose to all the challenges. Uh, Virginia team did not beat us that year. We did lose two games, yeah. but they were both outside the state, uh, state of Virginia. Uh, had an excellent game against Radford in the finals. I believe it ended up 15 points. We scored. Jay Rat did an excellent job on Nichols. Or, it was fun. Yeah, you had, you know, that group, you had, you know, Jeremy Ratliff, as you mentioned, Ben was a great point guard. And then, obviously, you had two of the best players to ever play, probably in the area, and Brad and Ron. And you had Cass. It was just a great role player. Cass was another banger beater yeah. and played with heart. Ryan, smartest player probably have ever coached. Really? Uh, could probably do more than any player that I've ever coached. Just most well-rounded. Yeah. Uh, averaged probably 20 games his freshman year and went down for – 15 is sophomore and junior year because he knew what we needed because yeah. we had Brad coming. Just unselfish. He was just a coach's player. You could tell that Dave had coached him and he knew the game, mm-hmm. knew how to play the right way to play. And Brad, you know, being 6'10", uh, you know, is I, I will easily say it, and I know Shane, you'd have two. Is he the best big guy that you think's ever played in the area? He is the best player that I have seen in there. I have not seen McClung play, so I'm not yeah. going to say that. But Brad, uh, Ryan's in the top four or five. You had Stacy Irving. Yeah. Uh, and I did see Josh Shoemaker play from Gate City. Did he play at Wake or something? Yeah, he played yeah. at Wake. So he played Mike's senior year. And then you got Mike. So I'm going to be prejudice of our kids. But. Yeah. <laughs> We've so, had a lot of great ones, though. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to hard That's to not encounter guards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to argue, for sure. Um, you know, so, you know, you won the state title, as you alluded to, and, um, you know, you lost Brian, J-Rat, and Cass off that team. And then, you know, one guy that I, I want to talk about, is Patrick Wade, whenever he came over his senior year. You know, what do you remember about coaching P. Wade? P. Wade came in, uh, I think the first day he came to visit, he may have been, well, 
P-Wade back in the day, I think he liked to wear headbands and everything else. <laughs> I did not have to deal with that. Brad and Benji dealt with it. Him, we don't do that. Yeah. It's my understanding. Now, I could be wrong, but he never did come in with a headband <laughs> or anything else. Uh, he worked his butt off. Sometimes he hustled a little too much and got in bad situations. But he helped a lot. But like I said, Brad and Benji took care of a lot of off-the-court issues that, like I said, we didn't allow. We didn't have rules that we didn't allow. Yeah. But they knew what we expected. Yeah, that's been a council. <laughs> like like you said, it's council had that for the longest time where you couldn't even wear like a Nike check on your sock. Whenever we played, like J-Rat had that rule for us. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily enforce that. Enforce that. It was just a – Thing. I don't well, know. I, now, J-Rat did, didn't he, yeah. whenever we played? Which, if J-Rat listened to his podcast, I still think that was a dumb rule. <laughs> it was. It doesn't. <laughs> um, you know, so I have to ask this question, you know, uh, if you've listened to the listeners out there, if you've listened to Brad's podcast and then Neil's podcast, there's this just rivalry between the 96 team and the 01 team. Well, I don't even know if I'd say rivalry, but they – like to argue it hypothetically, kind of like LeBron and Michael Jordan, right? Shane? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, not not necessarily that you have an exact answer, but I have to ask the question. You know, do you have any way that you would sway on which team is better than '96 of the '01 Council team? As a coach, you know, you're not going to give a answer one way or the other. I don't believe. You know, each player thinks that they could probably beat the other team. Yeah. And we'll never know. <laughs> just never know. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Now, this is something that Brad actually mentioned to me. I don't know if he said it on the podcast, but, you know, he talked about <clears throat> you being – you coaching five years down the road, for example. Do you feel like you got better each year as a coach and smarter as a coach? Yes. Yeah. That's what I said. If the younger group had a – Five years later, coach, we might could have pulled it off. Yeah. Might not have had all the jitters. Because I'm sure I was as jittery as they were at that yeah. final. But then with the other group, like I said, we were – you'd already seasoned and get there, and you've figured out what you needed to do with each situation that you were dealt. And the first years, we didn't, I guess, maybe tried to overcoach. I don't know. But I did – progress coaching styles yeah like player uh, style you, you mentioned it with danny yates and that that's you know cool that i think you mentioned that about like when bradman played you know you would a lot of times put brad on one of the worst offensive threats to protect the rim and it allowed the other four guys to get up and pressure more right? yeah we, brad stayed in the paint yeah <laughs> just yeah, really protected. yeah uh it's a lucky thing to have, you know, to be oh, able to have that ability. Well, you had six, nine, six, ten, <clears throat> then Ryan, six, three, Cass, six, three. Then you bring James off to six, seven. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good front, right, uh, front line there. Yeah. yeah, that's decent size for, a, you know, a D2 or D3 college. Yeah. Team. I mean, it really is. Um, so, you know, Brad and graduated, and then it was kind of another uh, exciting group for you coming up because you uh, had your son, Kent Goodman, uh, who 
as we talked about earlier with this 56 point little league uh, <laughs> performance, but you had a lot of talent in that group coming up too. And you had Kent and then DJ Barton and we had James was still a holdover there. Yeah. So there, there was our big guy. And then we had to yeah. point guard, shooting guard. So yeah. Lee, Lee, Lee Graham, that was underrated yes. for mm-hmm. type ball player. He was very athletic, could run and jump. Yep. And would do anything for you. Yeah, Lee, uh, one of the most uh, inf- or not infamous, famous plays. Uh, you know, which one? Yeah, I know where you'd hold the ball half court. <laughs> yeah, yeah Honecker. Yeah, yeah, tell that one. Uh, Honecker had made a run. They were up six or eight right before halftime. So we dropped back to a two, three just to rest because we played two or three nights before. And we didn't have a deep bench at that time. So they just come down and was holding the ball. He caught their player. Looking over at their coach, he went and stole the pace and went and laid a, made a layup. <laughs> then we come out second half and beat them. Yeah. So that was the momentum changing game play or game yeah. play right there. Yeah. For the listeners out there, just telling that story, it doesn't do it justice until no, you no. actually well, saw it. Like you'd have to. The week before, they beat us for 35 on that same court. Yeah. And that was in the district tournament. Yeah. That, that was, was, yeah. That was a district tournament. Yes. Yeah, and, and that game or that team even, you know, that we here we're talking about, you all made a another run, you know, to the state tournament uh, then. That group actually got beat against Skate City and the regionals the year after, which was James senior year. Yeah. We made it to Radford in the sub state or final eight. Yeah. Radford beat us up there. Yeah. Darius Nichols was on that team, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah, I remember that one. Uh remember that game in the Deadman Center. Uh, so what was it like, you know, two players I want to talk about from that group, you know, what was it like to coach? What was it like to coach your son? You know, that, that's something, obviously I'm coaching my little son in little league right now. And it's something that I don't know that I want to be a head coach again one day, but I just know going forward in life, it has to be a unique, difficult pros and cons process. What was it like coaching Kent? Uh, the first couple of years was probably a little difficult because I expected a lot more from him. Uh, I still remember after one of the games he'd missed, or one of the timeouts, maybe at Castlewood, uh, I'd smacked him on the butt. And Lisa said that one of the girls said, he will not smack him anymore. <laughs> one of your girls? Yeah. yeah. Taylor or Kara yeah. one told Lisa. He smacked my bubby. He's not going to do that anymore. And that's when I kind of realized he still is just a player. Yeah. You can't count him as a son. But it was fun. I mean, he spent hours and hours toning his game and practicing. Uh, very good shooter. Yeah. Lots of heart. Not the most athletic. But he would rank up there with Ryan as being one of the smartest ones. Yeah. Yeah, he was very high IQ, high IQ player. I mean, he could he could stroke it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Quick release. Uh, I still remember James's senior year against Gate City. We were down in the region that I think Castwood. James set him a screen up at the top. He came off and hit a three and got fouled. So it was a four point play, and that. Put us on the run to get around there. Yeah, Kent was very good at yes. four point plays. <laughs> he was unreal. At, I mean, people see like Steph Curry. He was kind of the same style where he didn't have to be squared up at the rim yeah. when he caught it to shoot. He was very good at turning his body and moving when he was shooting the ball. And you know, another player that 
has to be extremely unique to coach was DJ Martin. <laughs> so DJ, you know, obviously there's a lot of people excited about hearing your podcast, but he's definitely one that, you know, that he's dying to hear this part. He's dying to hear this podcast. <laughs> like what was it like to coach DJ? DJ was very athletic, had lots of basketball skills, didn't spend a lot of time working on what he needed to work on when I was coaching. I think Neil got a lot more out of him than what I did. But uh, DJ was a character during that yeah. time. But like I said, he was good. He broke his collarbone his, I guess, freshman year. Yeah. That slowed him down and got him. Uh, he thinks that was hard on him, which I guess I may have been, but I expected more of him than what I thought I was getting. Yeah. Uh, the kid that's hard, son, was Neil back in the early days I'm going to tell you one more story about now, then we'll quit. But uh, I think at LMU, we'd worked and played as some of those summer camps that we spent 50 t- uh, games in during the summer. But I think it was at LMU, and Neil missed a couple of foul shots. And I said, Neil, what? What are you doing? If you just leave me alone, let me play my game. So he finally, and after that, 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 uh, that was his work. Leave him alone, let him play. Yeah. But, yeah, I was much rougher on Neil than any yeah. other player that I've had. Yeah, DJ, uh, you know, he told me that he knows why now that you were, but at the time. And that's just something, like, you know, in a 15-, 16-year-old mind, it's hard to process sometimes, yeah. you know. and uh, well, You may think you're doing your best, but the coach really sees that you can do yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah, and he said that uh, Lisa would always uh, – you know, after you get on him hard, Lisa would always come by and say, you know, it's okay. That's why that, you know, because he thinks he can get more out of you and stuff like that. Um, another guy that I talked to, he's one of my best buddies out here is Joe Price. Were you hard on Joe? Yes. <laughs> Joe and Jeremy both were excellent players, but they just got pushed out in the shuffle. Yeah. They got to, I think, Joe started his freshman year and probably didn't play 10 minutes game the rest of his career. Yeah. But Joe's had some moments too. But yeah, I love Joe and Jeremy. They <laughs> they were different characters also. Yeah. Uh, I've heard uh, Joe just say that he, he felt like you was getting on him, but in a laughing manner, you know, he loves I, you to death. I can still remember Joe with the district tournament playing garden. Call didn't go his way. He just kicked the ball down towards and hit the door. Got teed up. We <laughs> no, were close. We, we were close. I mean, we weren't going to win the game, but we were close. Yeah. Yeah. He just got mad and kicked. But that was his freshman year or something. Yeah. Joe would guard the best teams other play. That's her, yeah. his freshman year. And like I said, he just the wrong year for the council yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know and. Like we're we're up to what about 2005 now, kind of in our timeline, and uh, it was Kent's junior year. You know, you had Kent and DJ and Wade Jackson and Caleb Epling and all those guys, and um, that it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that year you'd already lost James, you'd lost Lee, and Kent and junior year you all were around 500. Does that sound right? Probably over five. Yeah, about 14 and 11, probably. Yeah. We never was under 500, was 500 or better Yeah, each year. But, yeah, we couldn't 
get past Hayside that year with Collie and yeah, uh, Kevin Byers. Yeah, and Kevin. Ron Jones. Yeah, we couldn't do nothing with them. So, so that, that that begs my question. Did you ever have a losing record at Council? You didn't, right? 500 was a – Matt Presley's – what was it? Junior year, we were 11, 11, 12, and 12. Yeah. That's the, the only 500 – and everything else was above. Yeah, that's that's pretty successful for sure at the uh, smallest school in the state, probably. At that well, time. The coach is only as good as the talent he has. Yeah, and it, I've done nothing special. It's all the athletes that's come through. Yeah, it's not been me. It's been yeah. Well, it's I, been I would beg to differ. <laughs> I'd beg to differ on that too. It obviously takes both. Well, you've got to know what to do with. It. Yeah, but the athlete, you're gonna you're gonna win seventy five percent. Yeah. So, you know, a big, big uh, time, you know, was after Kent, Kent's junior year. You know, as we talked about, you're originally from Whitewood and you were still, you still had your house in, on Brown yes. Mountain and you eventually got a trailer or something, right? That you were staying at in Kent. Uh, we stayed in a trailer, Joyce Mitchell's and Harold Mitchell, yeah. there, about two miles from the high school council. Mm-hmm. We'd stay during the week. Then come home on Sunday, but during that time, uh, had a little break in at my house. My nephew broke in and took everything we had, which we called him, him and another boy. Uh, so that kind of got us thinking to go back home. Uh, Mr. Maxwell, which Terry's brother-in-law, he was coaching girls at that time. Brittany at was, Twin Valley, yeah, at Twin Valley. Brittany Maxwell, his daughter, was there. He was going to coach one more year and then get out. Uh, the PE job come open. Greg Graff went to the central office to do attendance or something. Uh, the middle school math job was open. Uh, Terry just got to talking to us and said, "Don't you come do this? And then you can take girls next year." Because you had your two daughters. Had coming daughters up. coming up. Uh, we were taking that. Everybody was going to council. Kim started council in fourth grade. Or fifth grade, one of those two. He held back fifth grade, fourth grade. He just repeated that grade. Uh, but both the girls were coming up. I hadn't even thought about coaching girls. But uh, he said, come on back. We'll try to get you the girls' job next year after I quit. So we just talked everything. Everything fell into place, and which we asked Kent first if he was willing to move. Or He said, yeah. Let's go home. Yeah. So from that we waited to school board, talked to Willie. So Willie's on the board at that time. So he wasn't. They approved it. Oh, yeah. No, you know he's already not the principal. Willie and Steve Hamrose the one was pushing our district yeah. over there now. So they got us to move back, and then it's been a Twin Valley since. So I mean, you know that obviously had to make it feel right like you said you know that is your home it, it wasn't like you were just you know going somewhere somewhere random but it still had to be was it a t- a, like just an extremely tough process or decision it was tough but uh, the drive was getting to us yeah like i said the girls coming up it's easier for a boy to get ready and take him to school probably not as easy yeah. as bringing two <laughs> girls up yeah through high school oh, yeah. to, to school but Kent said, yeah, let's go home. So we just went on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kent's senior year, 
at Twin Valley. Um, you know, they had a lot of talent there that year. Right. Uh, yes, we've. It was pretty much same setup as the other groups. We had big guy with Matthew Bobham. You had great post player Jeremiah Lester. Jeremiah could score. Oh yeah. High you basketball had, player. Yeah, you had Logan Shortridge, it's athletic, it's I'll get out. And then KT, that was a wonderful point guard that probably the best on ball defender that I've been associated with. Yeah. And then you put Kent there with him and you had Hunter Simpson and Garrett. Garrett the ninth graders coming off the bench, Jory Rife and Josh Looney. Yeah. So and you know, what was that like? You know, for the listeners out there, you know, leaving a head coaching job that you'd had for, what, 14, 15 years yes, at Council. Yeah, and, I think so. You know, uh, Brian Moore, who uh, I think a lot of Coach Moore, and he's a future podcast guest for sure, but uh, he was the head coach at Twin Valley during that time. And, you know, whenever you left Council, obviously it was a shock to a lot of people. And, you know, what was it like going from being, you know, a head coach to – he asked you to be his assistant. Did he ask you to be the assistant coach that year? How did it work? I think we asked – I asked him. He asked me. Yeah, it's like a We mutual. just worked it out. Yeah, yeah. we worked that time. I didn't want – I wasn't the head, didn't want to do anything. But I would like to be involved. Yeah. And T pretty much let me run the offense that year. So really? I enjoyed it. I feel like yes, Shane, uh, you know, as Coach Moore, would that be intimidating, like having, you know, Rick being on Yes. We got along. I mean, we work together. Yeah. We, would, we, still, we still bounce ideals off each other when he's coaching girls right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I remember that team, like you said, it was just a, a, a great team. You, you know, Kenton and had a lot of success that year. And um, I still remember the first time that, you all played Council's team. You remember that game? Uh, no, but I seen your notes that you said yeah. we were. Yeah, it was uh, at Save the 20 or yeah. something. Neil, Neil's head – or not – well, it was his first year of head coaching, so you still had DJ as a senior, Caleb, and all those guys. And I still remember, you know, being so pumped to try as a fan, as a JV kid. Do you remember being yes. there that night? It was at Twin Valley. We were just so pumped, ready for that game. Probably a great crowd, I would imagine. And, uh, you know, I, if you talk to Neil or DJ or any of those guys, we all felt like we had a chance to beat you all. You know, you, you really did. Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Like, you felt like you were going in to win. And found out very quickly. Yes. You did not. And I still remember that night. Like, Kent, Kent and J Mark, they were hitting threes and falling in the bleachers. Like, it was just a, a route that night. And Neil will talk about looking up at the scoreboard, and it was seventy to twenty, and he said he was sick. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was bad. But now that bunch was pretty good. Yeah, they, that yeah, Queen they Valley bunch was good. So uh, you know, uh, in that year, uh, they ended up making it all the way to the state title game, right? Yeah, last two minutes against, I guess Clark County, yeah. but he couldn't score. Yeah. We didn't make plays they did, but we made some foolish plays and they made some smart plays. And uh, Coaching, I probably should have done some more J-Mar at the end of the game and getting him the ball because he got us back in the game. And then I think we went away from it. And he was State Player of the Year that year, right? Yeah, State Player of the Year. So I just think, like I said, the situations that we were faced with, we didn't handle. I don't know. 
pressure or a couple of things that we could have probably done at the end that made made the outcome different. But then again, that group first time getting there, you've got some nerves, which the other team does too. So you can't use that excuse, can did you? Which I've always told Coach Moore after that game, he was down, down. You can't be down. You're happy you got here. It's not easy, or everybody would have a state championship win. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll backtrack a little bit, but uh, another very good team at that time was uh, Twin Springs. We've talked about Twin Springs in that area a little bit with Docker and all those guys, but uh, talk about some of the games that uh, Twin Valley had had with uh, Twin Springs that your uh, senior or their senior state year. final run. Yeah. yeah. I know we played them in the region finals and beat them. Uh, I'm not sure what the score was there, but uh, then we had a – the brackets put us together in the state semifinals. Uh, we were grading them because all the games we played with them out here had been close and rough. Uh, but uh, KT Van Dyke came out red hot. They hit three or four threes there in the first quarter and – we just pulled away and held on, but they had some real talent with Dockery and that foreign transfer exchange <laughs> student at that time. I'm not going to know his <laughs> name, <laughs> but uh, then you had Keith Warner and all them. Yeah, Tyler Webb was the big guy, was it, or was he still there? I think he was already finished. He was already right? finished. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was during Kent's at Council, I believe. Yeah, Webb was. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we didn't want to face them in the semifinals, but we came out ahead and we enjoyed it. But the uh, state finals, like I said, we just, I don't know. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Yeah, Logan Shortridge is, uh, you know, he's a huge supporter of the podcast. And he uh, told me a story about, you know, before that state title game that, um, I don't know the exact record what he said, but you all have both lost two games. And just say it was twenty six and two Twin Valley, and your council team in 01 was twenty seven and two. He said that uh, in the locker room before the game, he remembers you showing the state ring and saying, "Hey guys, you know if we win this game, you know you'll be the exact same record as us. Wouldn't that be nice?" And, yeah, I wouldn't show them the state uh, ring till after they beat Radford there at Klitschko, and the, to make sure we made it on to the state uh i still a funny story back that time while we was preparing for the state tournament game uh, we came out to start a practice uh coach moore told him to go practice the shots they'd be shooting during the game josh looney at that time went and sat on the bench <laughs> coach moore said what are you doing he's i'm practicing where i'm going to be <laughs> everyone else just started dying and laughing on that one josh just sitting there grinning <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, uh, some of those Twin Valley stories. Uh, whenever we get Coach Moore on here, man, there's a lot of those that I've heard. Josh Smith and Logan and Lucas and all them tell would be a good one. Um, so after you know Kent and them lost that that year and Kent graduates, uh, you know you talked about just a second ago about how you were getting ready to move into the girls' position that next year. Right? Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah, after Brittany left, yeah, I'd been Terry year after Kent, yeah. I'd been Kayla's ninth grade year. Okay, so that was just a seamless transition, yeah. you know, like you said. So Kayla's 
you know, your, your oldest daughter and, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but was Katie Joe and Kayla in the same grade? Or yes. They were. Yeah, both so, of them held back eighth grade. Yeah, so Katie Joe is a freshman on varsity, right? Yes. And, you know, Katie Joe Lester, for the listeners out there, I'm not saying that she is the best girls basketball player in this area, but just for me watching her, you know, we were about the same age, I guess, but right, Shane? Yeah, but mm-hmm. one of the best players ever, girls basketball player. She could score, high basketball IQ. Yeah, come from a good family. Jeremiah's younger sister. Her dad could light it up when he was still can. Still, I was gonna say when he was fifty years <laughs> old. So. But KJ was very, very smart, uh, real good. Made it to the final four her freshman year. Then we couldn't get past Norton. The other two or three years, which I believe right Cove one year, Norton one year. But we lost to the champions that year. KJ, uh, I think Buffalo Gap maybe. Lost for six or something. In the championship. In the state championship. Not semifinals. But they ended up winning the state championship. Yeah. So, I mean, even on that game, how many times to that point have you been to state already? (laughs) You know. That was the first with the girls. Yeah. First with the girls team. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, you know, my wife, Haley, uh, she played, you know, for Dave Rasnick and, um, well, Jeremy and but Ben Jackson coached their senior year. Uh, what Do you remember coaching against Ben? Yes. And Haley and uh, Seth and all know, those girls? It's hard to coach against them that they know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they knew what we'd do out of our 2-3. We weren't going to go out and guard them, or if we did, they would set that screen and get that shot. Uh, I think J-Rat and Benji both may have beat us all four times. I don't think we beat Haley and Stephanie. Yeah, they were close games, but I don't think we were pulled one off. I know, I know. Uh, it would have been Haley and him senior year. Actually, I think you all did beat them in the district championship game. Does that sound okay. familiar? At Hurley, you remember? It would have been two thousand and. It may have been two thousand nine. Um, I just remember, though, you know, watching you and Ben, it was just a very great, great coach in match. Ben was a, a great head coach in the uh, time that he was Ben there. was very high-Q yeah. basketball. Like I said, it's hard to – so he knew what I was going to do, and I figured he's going to do about the same thing we were doing. <laughs> so it, it made it interesting sometimes. Yeah, one thing I'll never forget about Katie Joe is, uh, you know, no matter what happened on the floor, she was smiling. Oh, same attitude. Yeah. Same. She didn't like call, bad calls. Didn't affect no. her. No. Getting fouled hard. She just she played the same all the time. Yeah. Just had the same smile for sure. I think she ended up maybe two thousand yeah. plus points. Yeah. So I guess I've coached Brad. That's over two thousand points, and Katie Joe over two thousand points. Yeah. Which now it took us a year to figure out where to get Katie Joe the ball. Which I mean, you got her to her anywhere, but. We would try to do offense on the left or the right hand side, and that one she'd have to come off left. So we moved her offense to the other side. And that one play, she, I'd say she scored a thousand points off it. One high stack we ran with. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just high stack, and she'd be able to catch it and get to the basket yeah, on the well, wing. Yeah. Well, we'd pick, and then she'd come off, the roller would go. Then you had the three-point shooter coming the other way. What were some of those other girls on that team that? Uh, that year was Katie Joe, uh, 
Uh, Kim Street was very good at inside, big girl, uh, rebounder, defender. We had Sidney Gilbert, uh, Sarah Mullins. Sarah may still have a record for most threes in a three-game state tournament. Really? I'm not for sure, but she, at that time, her one year she did. Uh, who was the other one? Caitlin, Kate, uh, Wimmer girl, Caitlin Wimmer, and I'm not for sure. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, you know, several because that was around our same mm-hmm. age. And then this whole time, you coaching girls at Twin Valley was Tommy Krieger the assistant coach during those whole years. Tommy came. Not that time. Tommy wasn't with us at that time. Or was he? I'm not sure when Tommy came. But Tommy did do the uh, assistant in JV, and he took over for when Kayla's group. I believe Tommy came when Kayla or Kara's group. group. What, what's it like having Tommy Krieger on the sideline with you? <laughs> uh, Tommy is a great individual to have around you. He keeps everything Lively. <laughs> uh, he did an excellent job with that group that senior year that went to the state. Uh, it's just Tommy's a different you, character. You, you have any funny stories? <laughs> no, 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 not with Tommy, I know. <laughs> not, not any uh, that's good for the air anyway. Uh, so another group that you had that came on after um, – you know, Katie Joe and Kayla's group was your youngest daughter, Kara. Yeah, that's the group that made it to the finals her senior year. Yet, uh, Caitlin Jackson, another KJ, she could shoot the ball. Uh, Lexi Vance came in, good all around player, smart. Uh, Hannah O'Quinn, which is from Council, and came over and played. Big girl could shoot, score, could rebound, block shots. Uh, Lakin King from Grundy. So we had two from Grundy that year that we went to the state, one from council, and two that was actually <laughs> yeah. quite with kids. Yeah. So they had Kara that could shoot. So what, what if any, did you know as, as you got older like i remember hearing all the you know council guys being like wow rick is really mellowed out in his age <laughs> like do you feel like you intentionally mellowed out with the girls or was it just a with age thing girls is just different you can't really coach them the same way you could the boy i didn't think you could i wasn't going to try yeah <laughs> i don't think you could coach boys the way i did Back then, now, anyway, I don't think that athlete lives anymore. <laughs> we had back in the days, yeah. but the girls, yeah, it was more of a male it out. Captain, I don't know. I don't know if I ex- didn't expect as much from the girls. Uh, we didn't game plan as much, but we did game plan some. But Just kept it looser. Kept it, yeah. I mean, we did a lot, but it was it's different. The game is a whole lot slower than the boys' game. Yeah, yeah. Kara, Kara had a you know I don't know all of Kara's statistics and stuff, but she had an extremely good career. Right. Yeah, she was about eleven hundred points. Uh, got hurt in the sub 
Got hurt in the regional finals. No. Got hurt in the regional semifinals against Castle Uh which we were the girls were way ahead when she got hurt, so she sucked it up, still played, uh, but not full speed. Tried to play in the region D championship. She played ten or twelve minutes. Clintwood blew them south that game, thirty points. Uh, went and played. I'm not sure who they played in the state semis. She re hurt her ankle that night, but we taped it up, and luckily the trainer there let her go back in. <laughs> I thought we might have to work to get her back in. There. So I think you mentioned this just a second ago, but to be clear for the audience, Kara's senior year was, you know, back in backtracking just a second. You had been her head coach for her first three years on varsity, yes. and uh, then you had the opportunity to become principal. Correct. Right. Yes. And you had, and in Buchanan County, and probably about everywhere now, you can't be head coach and principal, right? Correct. So. So. In step Tommy Krieger. Yeah. So Tommy had been the assistant. Which Tommy, like I said, with the athlete or with the girls he had, he did a good job with them. Because uh, we had those five Haley, or not Haley, Hannah, Kara, Lexi, KJ, and Lakin. And then we had Kim Lester coming off the bench, which was Pass. an all out <laughs> athlete. Yes. Yeah. And she about pulled the state championship out for us that night. Yeah. We were down nine, ten. She hit three threes the last two minutes. Yeah. We got it tied. They went down. Uh, one of the gully girls missed layup, and their real good player got the rebound. We found This is Clintwood's last game ever, too. Yeah. Though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the yeah. next year they went to Ridgeview. And then the one cha- state championship is double yeah. A. Yeah. So won yeah. a single way that year against us and double A next year. But like I said, the region finals, they beat us by 30 and only beat us by two in the state finals. What was what was your involvement in the like in the program then that senior year? Like with Krieger, was you sitting on the bench? No. No. No, I stayed away as much as possible. I did have to help him one game at Grundy. I don't know. He was Talked that they were going to beat him so bad and beat him so bad. And yeah. Grundy stayed in it, and he kept getting nervous. So <laughs> I went down and lent a hand that yeah. night, but the other night. But he, we would uh, – I would go into practice if he needed any help or wanted any help. But I tried to stay away as much as possible. I'm sure that was, you know, career somebody I actually want to get on this podcast uh, uh, too one day. But I'm sure that had to be a tough situation for him to step into. You may not think Probably. so, but I'm sure it had to be. <laughs> I mean, mentally, yes. yeah, mentally, if it was me or Shane, or I'm sure for Krieger too, that had to be a tough spot to try to. But he did, you know, he, he, he did. He did. He did a good job. Uh, I actually, I didn't go, but they played Wise, which Wise Central would won the double that year, and took them to overtime at Union. Yeah, and should have had a beat from. What that was told, which that's one of them I was playing <laughs> principal and didn't go all the way yeah. to Union. Goes. So what's it, uh, you know, being out of basketball now, I guess that's – you've been out for, what, close to 10 years? I've uh, been principal, I believe, seven now. So Seven years. So what's it been like 
you know, do you, you, do you miss it a whole lot and like the competitive drive of it? And... Mm, tell you the truth, no. Cause like I said, it, I think it's completely different than what it was back 20 years ago when my heydays of coaching. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think I could coach or I don't think the parents would allow me to coach the way that that you did. We yeah. did back then. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, I've got a loud voice, I believe. <laughs> uh do you have any uh you know, talking about your loud voice, do you have any sayings that you remember you used to say all the time? No. I remember uh, uh you used to say gosh dog it. <laughs> All the time, <laughs> DJ said that he used to always tell him that. Gosh, dog it, DJ. <laughs> uh, nothing that I can remember that's probably polite enough to say. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think you know, with you as a coach, uh, you know, I've heard m- multiple people say this on the podcast that you were like just the coach that everybody looked to, you know, during that time, and. You know, I, I I consider you the greatest coach I've ever you know been around or, or seen, and I, I know a lot of people that would say that you shouldn't. Yeah. That you know, just the way you, just the successes you've had. You know, I, did you like know all your numbers and stuff of when? Like, how many wins do you have? No, I have no idea. Yeah, I know Benji and Brad added it up one day, or Benji and Jay Rap, but at one point I probably knew, but now I don't know. I would say 220, maybe boys and 25 girls or something. I don't know. But no, right offhand, I don't know. We're 28 and 0 against Grandy. That's the one statistic you know. Yeah. You know, I think your impact, uh, I know for a fact, you know, at the start of this podcast, Shane, we mentioned, we was like, what name do you think will come up more than any name? And I, I about guarantee, would you say that Rick's name has came up more than anybody? Yeah. Just on every podcast, it, it's somehow your name gets brought up in, in some form or another. That's, uh, I guess that's a good thing. But, <laughs> but still, like I said, it all comes back to you players. you got to have good players. You're not going to win without good players. That's plain and simple. Yeah, is there anything that, you know, you – any anything you look back on that you would change about how you did something in your coaching basketball career or even playing career? No, I think we did it the right way coming through. Like I said, I wish I was being a little bit not as hard headed to start off and adapted with the boys. I mean, you've got to put the boys or the girls in the best situation for them. I mean, we're not recruiting to do a system. Yeah. You got especially McKinney County. You got to you got to adapt and put them in the right situation to be. What do I say? Successful. And if you don't, I see a lot of good teams right now that don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I mean. If a little bit of work, they could be real good. Yeah. <laughs> One story uh, that came to mind was Patrick Way told me a story about uh, whenever he was working with you at Twin Valley, he said that 
um, he was in your office or something and he saw, I don't know if he actually saw you crumble it up or if it was just in your trash can, it was a piece of paper and he opened it up and it was a plate. Oh, it's, Do you remember that story? As soon as the basketball season's over, I was already sitting to see what we were going to do the next year. <laughs> he said that uh, he pulled it out of the trash can. It was the day before one of his JV games, and he said he run that play or something, and it was a big moment in yeah. the game. I don't, I don't remember the exact details, but you was like, that was a good play, and he was like, I dug it out of your trash can. <laughs> <laughs> something that you just threw yeah. away. But you're not going to run the same thing that you run for Brad for James. Yeah. I mean, they might be the same size, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to adapt. That's what, so like I said, I think now that a lot of people just going to, you try to out athlete them. And that's going to work maybe on this end. But when you get up in the States, you're going to have to have a little bit of patience and know how to play. Yeah. Different types and different styles. Yeah, Shane. Uh, we appreciate it. This is it meant a lot to us to have you on here. We've had a ton of people ask when you were going to be on here, so we we told everybody we we're saving the best for last. Uh, do you, Do you feel satisfied with uh, how many words you had to say today? Most answers were longer than what I thought they would be. I did rattle us a few times, so maybe you can take care of that. Yeah, you know, uh, you know when, when Coach Gilman got here, he. Uh, he asked if it was going to be about 20 or 30 minutes long. <laughs> That's how long he wanted his podcast to be. But, no, uh, you know, I, I want you to know, you know, our gratitude towards you. And, like I said, at the start, you know, uh, when you was coaching, just the impact that it's had on me. And, you, you know, I didn't even play under you, you know, so you can imagine. I, I just had so many people reach out and talk about the impact that you've made on them, you know, not just as a making them a better basketball player, but also just from a, you know, Father, fatherhood type role. I said, we've enjoyed it. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't change it. I'm sure we could have made some changes, but it's been fun. Yeah. And we're glad you all are still carrying on and doing this and letting people hear from the old timers. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still young, Coach. I want you to at least be principal a few more years. No. No. <laughs> I am finished. <laughs> Miss well, Go- so Goodman has said she's put me on her insurance. I am finished. <laughs> I'm going to check on my paperwork tomorrow afternoon, to tell you yeah. the truth. <laughs> so uh, what what do you have plans for retirement? Uh, I've got a lot of work to do at the house. Sweet eating. And yeah, you're going to keep busy doing Kent all that. said I'm going to garden at his place. And I'll go mow his yard. So You are? <laughs> and, and you've got uh, how many grandkids? Just three? We've got three, yeah. Kent's got three. Camden, Cole, and Carson. Yeah, and uh, and I think I'll Camden and Cole was guest started in basketball this year, and I think they're going to enjoy it. So I may have to do a little, yeah, tutoring on the <laughs> side with them. Yeah, you, <laughs> any potential you uh, being on a little league sideline with them one day? Uh, no, not little league. <laughs> I might would enjoy becoming an assistant someday, but I don't know. Like I said, it's changed so much lately. I don't know if I can handle. it. I struggled watching ball games this year. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, and what's Kayla and Carrie doing now for the listen? Uh, Kayla is working at Twin Valley Middle School with Title One program. Uh, Kara is in Denver, Colorado, working at an Amazon factory, and Kent is at Rosedale with uh, 
Preston Breeding and 3B Engineering. Yep. Kent used to be my neighbor. I used to say, <laughs> drive over on the weekend. Well, Preston used to babysit him when he was, Preston was that age group coming through. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Coach, uh, we appreciate you coming on and uh, enjoy retirement. I'm going to try to enjoy <laughs> At least, hopefully, I will. Yeah. All right, everybody. That was uh, Coach Rick Gooman. Uh, hopefully, everybody really enjoyed this episode. Definitely uh, looking forward to it myself for a long time. Um, we, uh, we have, uh, coach Goodman's actually our last guest this year. We do have one more episode coming out. Uh, Neil's part two, uh, we'll be releasing it in a week or so, and then we'll finish up, uh, season one, had one other guest that we were supposed to have had on, uh, but he lived so far away that ended up, or they, a little hint yeah. actually, <laughs> it was two guys, um, uh, lived so far away that we ended up having to reschedule. And then there's one other guy that we're actually going to get in here and probably release it for season two. Something didn't work out logistically with him, too. Uh, but anyway, everybody give me some feedback on this one. We appreciate you all listening. Thanks. <laughs>